everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 4, Episode 2. It's called Family. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. So, this is definitely a more downbeat episode, and may... Like... It may be the biggest shift to pure serialized storytelling that I've ever seen from a Star Trek show. I mean, not including shit shows that came later, obviously, but... Even... No, I get where you're coming from, because even though we've had, like, a lot of callbacks to big things in in, in follow-up episodes, generally bigger episodes, um, this felt like a completely different ballgame, like where, oh, no, 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 we're, we're, everything's on the table <clears throat> now. It's all just... We're not even going to try and pretend if this is your first episode that we're going to explain it all. It's just, no, 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 we're just deep into it. Yeah, it's just in multiple ways. The, the whole thing's about the aftermath of what happened last episode. It's about Picard dealing with the trauma of what he went through and him getting some things off his chest that he needs to get off his chest so he can move forward. Um, even the Wharf subplot heavily referenced like his big episode from last season and kind yeah. of the status quo with him and how he is as a Klingon and... It's all kind of feeds into like, meeting his parents and all that uh, for the first time. Well, for us, not for him, obviously. <laughs> but yeah. um, so you know, you've got all of this stuff playing, and it, it just it kind of felt like it wasn't even because it's one thing when they have like one little, one or two little references, right? And it's obviously very different as well when it's just a straight up two part, and it's just referencing the last part. Sure, but that, but this was very much a case of everything in this episode is completely informed by what happened previously and that's w weird for star trek at this point i mean it's probably getting less weird now this is probably just where we're going with this now but that yeah, was something i would say you go back to season one you're not finding this type of episode at all oh not a chance and, and i would say informed is it's almost too soft i would say dependent on uh you know the the previous context um in a way that, like I say, you know, in this era of TV, generally speaking, the rule was you made your episode accessible to anyone who just happened to turn on the channel. They could pick it up and be like, okay, I'm fine from here. This one, I don't think works unless you have the context. I mean, with the context, I think it's really, really good. Yeah, no, and I wouldn't even necessarily, I mean, obviously there's a discussion to be had about tv of the time period I i'm just talking about comparing it solely with what trek has, up has only been up mm. until this point and what trek is and what its type of episodes were and i mean even season one of next generation had more little callbacks to previous episodes than the original series ever had yeah. uh original series almost did none of that uh, and it's it's been something that's been growing a little bit over the course. I mean, we mentioned it quite a few times last season where there's just these little things where clearly the events that happen to the characters are still there and still kind of, inf at least informing the writing of the character and the performance of the character. Whereas this episode, the entire premise of the episode is that we have to, I mean, I, in a bare plot sense, there's the, okay, the ship has to be, uh, you know, refurbished and fixed up and whatnot. Uh, Re repaired was the word. Yeah, maintenance, whatever. And... But all the character stuff, especially Picard, all comes from dealing with what he went through. And I think it's interesting that it's not a big, like, payoff to something that's happened that's been set up. It's actually the more introspective element. It's the quieter story after a big mm. event that we're getting here, which is something that I think adds a lot of weight to the, the episodes we just had. It adds a lot of weight to the, the, the two-parter that we just had, because all of a sudden it's not just something that's forgotten about next episode, it's something that is still weighing on the characters. In fact, 
There's a line in this episode where Picard's brother says that this is something that will always be with you and you're just going to have to learn to live with it. And I, I think that's probably going to be true and it's something that might come up from time to time when Picard's maybe struggling with certain decisions or maybe when they, at least at the very least when they encounter the Borg again at some point, his personal experience is going to reform and recontextualize how he tackles the Borg perhaps because he's went through that, because he understands what it's like to be assimilated and maybe even a fear of it happening again, a fear of losing control. And this episode, I, I really enjoyed that this was just a downbeat episode and I was enjoying everything what it was. And then it got elevated heavily when Picard started crying in the mud about how he lost yeah. control and how he didn't win and how he failed. And that performance, that moment, it was like, like I say, the episode was good before that. It didn't need to be anything more than what it was at that point. It was kind of like, okay, I'm enjoying everything with Worf and his parents is kind of fun and kind of funny how they're very human. He's obviously very not and him kind of, but at the same time, he, he doesn't realize as he's complaining to O'Brien that what he's complaining about is the same thing that all humans can complain about when their parents come to visit or whatever. And then, you know, the Wesley stuff's whatever. I mean, that's not really feeding off anything other than his dad's always been dead and it's always been a thing for his character. And the yeah, Picard's... we don't really care about the Wesley stuff. Just brush over that. <laughs> and the Picard stuff with the family, there's a lot of fun to be had there. You know, the, the first interactions with the kids that Picard amusingly calls uncle. Uh, you know, they flip the, the roles. Uh, I, I actually laughed out loud when the, the kid says, oh yeah, he said you were an arrow. Uh, what's, what's the... And Picard's like, arrogant yeah i said arrogant arrogant son of a we'll talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> like that generally got a little chuckle out of me um and then all the scenes like showing you how different him and his brother are you know we're at the chateau and like his brother's like ah you've been drinking that synthesized stuff you've lost your palate for the real because he gets the year off by one which uh i have to assume is still quite impressive that he was even able to get that close but <laughs> I, I guess if you grew up on a vineyard mm. and would you know i assume we're tasting this stuff from quite a young age not necessarily in heavy amounts but you know learn, learning the family trade so to speak it was mm -hmm. always there you you'd be drinking it um especially the french they you know they got you know i don't mean that in a, in a bad way i mean they have no problem with serving children you know wine with a meal yeah uh, uh... it's pretty common in in a lot of europe um so i imagine at that point you, you probably do develop quite the palate yeah, uh, I have no understanding of wine palates whatsoever. I've never even tasted wine. But, uh, so the, the thought that you can drink some wine and sort of actually place what year it is, is... O only because he's had the year before and is just recalling, oh, is it this one or that one, essentially. Sure. But how different are the different years? Oh, could be drastically, depending on the, the harvest, uh, the, the weather of the year, how, you know, what the grapes were like. There's a lot of factors that can that really. Yeah, but surely some the... years end up tasting the same as other years because the factors more or less line up. No, no, no. The factors are never a hundred percent. There's too many factors to play into everything. That there are subtle differences that I wouldn't be able to pick out in wine because uh, that's not what where my my palate lays. But <laughs> uh, I I believe they're there. <laughs> I love that you have a palate when you get blind drunk. Uh... I have a palate. Thank you very much. <laughs> um anyway you've taken that i don't care about any of this <laughs> the point of the scene is is that his brother is very much someone who likes doing things the old-fashioned way he doesn't like technology he doesn't really like uh one of the things they're talking about is this uh i, I kept in my head called the atlantis program it was actually something slightly off it was but it was essentially no it was the atlantis something no it wasn't it wasn't the word atlantis it was a land 
At the end of the word was different. Uh, it was derived from the word Atlantis, but it wasn't the word Atlantis. Are you uh, sure? I am positive. I noted it okay. because it was different. <laughs> so that's okay. why I'm sure. Uh, uh, it was like Atlantis or something. I don't know. There was like a, it had a slightly different sound at the end. But the point is, is that they're they're developing uh, like another continent essentially uh, underwater, and uh, like Picard's been you know been hearing about it. He thinks it's quite interesting. And his brother was very like, ah, oh, no, we're just making things more convenient. Things are too convenient. It's kind of a real ideology battle at the table. And it's kind of funny, given how often Picard is in, in disputes where he's arguing on, on, on his principles, on his ideologies. It's kind of funny to think that him and his brother just have a, a simple difference of how they view the world and society. And how his brother is very much always, oh, no, your hand's in the mud. you got to be working hard. you got to do all these things. And, you know, it's not about you know, leaving home and going off on adventures. Uh, to the point where his brother, uh, Robert, is, like, actually, you know, kind of pissed about the fact that his son seems to be having aspirations of becoming a Starfleet captain someday. Uh, but, I mean, that's just always the kill, kill uncle syndrome, I suppose. Uh, as they always <laughs> seem killing your parents. Uh, probably because you have to put up with them as often. Probably. <laughs> and, and, you know, they... they... They can get away with more stuff, right? Because they much. don't feel they have to be strict. So, all, all that stuff is you know, it's, it's solid enough. And uh, but I think the big drama from from Picard's plot comes from two key things. One is the scene that we meant, I briefly mentioned earlier. The other is that he actually is tempted by a, an offer. He's tempted by the offer to to leave Starfleet and basically head up this initiative to to develop this continent and see it through. And, you know, he's talking about this, to this guy who's, like, friends with his brother, who's, who's running the whole thing. Or he's not running the whole thing, but he's, he's you know, he got a promotion, he's, like, a supervisor. He's, it, like, a manager, yeah. yeah. Because one of the things was that uh, the sister-in-law was, oh, his wife never shuts up about his promotion. He's, he's a supervisor now. I, I, I appreciate that, uh, I think his name was Lewis, um, mm. was was aware of it as well. She's like, because, oh, I hear you, like, running the place now. He's like, only if you listen to my wife. <laughs> yeah. And... You know, and Picard says, oh, okay, I would never consider leaving Starfleet, but I've got some ideas. I'm interested in what you're doing. So says, oh, well, we'll talk about it. And there's a moment where Picard's talking to his sister-in-law and says, well, you know, what kind of scares me is that for a brief moment, I've, I'm, you know, I've, I've thought about it. Like, I've thought about what if I just give up being a Starfleet captain and go and do this instead? Because it is genuinely quite interesting. And it's kind of like, it's a really interesting thing to put in the episode after his encounter with the Borg, after him being assimilated and recovering from it. Uh, this idea that he is even t even for a brief moment, tempted by another life, that maybe this life isn't for him anymore. Yeah, um, it's really gotten to him. So, that, that stuff's really fascinating, and then of course the actual uh, fight with his brother, his brother kind of essentially, intentionally edging him on uh, to get it out of his system. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and it's not to say that the hostility there isn't founded in, like, truth. There is a lot of actual, like, bickering and jealousy and all these things between them. But he's he's doing what he knows his brother needs, <laughs> which is to, you know... Because all throughout the episode, Picard will not talk about it. You know, uh, Troy's trying to, like, get it out of him at the start. And he's like, oh, no, everything's fine. I'm back to normal. I've healed. See? And she's like, well, yeah, the, the wounds in your skin have healed, but, like... She's like, you're, you're taking surely. What the hell's wrong with you? He's like, it's Earth. Uh, it always takes surely but Earth. <laughs> yeah, totally out of character. Uh, yeah. Much better than the last time Picard took shore leave, I'll say that much. Just, uh, oh, night and day. Yeah. So, you know, they end up fighting in the mud, and, you know, they start laughing, and it's like they've got it out of their system, but then Picard starts crying, and 
you know, he's covered in mud and he's like saying, oh, you know, I failed. Like, I, I wasn't strong enough and I lost. And um, it's, it's kind of him admitting all this so he can go back out there and be the... Because uh, I think it's the sort of thing where he almost was getting to the point where he felt invincible because he was such a good captain. He's such he's so good at what he does. And the Enterprise has like solved so many like disputes and they've been on so many missions and there's, there's been so much success. There's almost this, this almost ego sort of that starts to grow with, with without like a but no without any sort of malicious or like uh or, or even pretentious element to it just something that's kind of festering because of your own success and i feel like this puts so much fear into him maybe i feel that he's not felt in a long time because he's been so confident for so long that yeah i think it's it's interesting that his brother kind of hit it a little bit before this scene mm. where he says oh i always thought you needed some humility he said you know he, he talked about humiliation as well but you know when he says you know you need some humility he says it in a really you know snarky way like he's jabbing at him but i think he's right and and he knows what he's saying there intentionally um and not in a and again not in a malicious way in a no he's he's trying to goad uh you know his brother into seeing that maybe this is something that was inevitable yeah because uh, his brother does come across a lot of time as kind of a dick but and he is kind of a dick he's, he's kind of a dick throughout the whole episode but he never crosses a line into be someone that you dislike and i think it's because everything he's saying has a, 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 enough of a truth to it that you can't discount what he's been a dick about yeah and i think a lot of it is you know jean-luc is our character so we automatically side with him because it's not like he is completely clean either here um you know he he's putting in his own barbs and you know we're being you know intentionally prodding these arguments that he knows are going to wind his brother up right yeah like he's he's kind of causing trouble a little bit not not always intentionally but every so often you know um his, his brother's wife talking about the the argument about you know whether to get the, the synthesizer and he just you know can't let it go he, he could just move on he's like oh i remember those arguments and starts going on and you know and goading his brother into having that argument there and then so let's just kind of look at this again picard breaks down and cries and says that he wasn't strong enough and that he failed that entire that entire concept that moment of him saying that and breaking down like that not only is it a tremendous character beat that gives picard depth that you know dare i say that james kirk never quite had because they never gave kirk a moment quite like that but going back to the whole serialization element like you can't have a character in an episode later breaking down like this without fully committing to the idea that you are a serialized tv show and don't get, don't get me wrong i am sure this show is still going to have the majority of it will still be adventures that only last one episode but but there's no going back from this point no but we're definitely into a new era you can see an evolution here that probably ushered in kind of what i consider to be like the 90s form of of the the serialized tv show where it's still a lot of adventures of the week but there's ongoing plots there's things that carry over and it's something that develops continuously through there i mean i love bringing up buffy a lot but buffy is more serialized than this but again like at least for the first several seasons there's there's a lot of standalone episodes with just the the background ongoing thing bubbling away and then it'll come to the fruition or yeah, the front i mean so on. correct me if i'm wrong early seasons of buffy you maybe have four to six you know big episodes a season in terms of the main plot well let's look at season two uh buffy you have sure right you have episode one which is mostly just dealing with stuff from season one episode three is the one that really introduces the main stuff of the season 
Um, and then you've got a two-parter in the the middle, uh, which kind of advances stuff, introduces Kendra, uh, is kind of spiking Drew's big attack. And then you've got, essentially, it's not called a two-parter, but it's essentially a two-parter a few episodes later, which is surprising in instance, which is the big turning point of the season. Uh, so at that point, you're, what, say five, five episodes. And then, of course, you have the big two-part finale, which is the real... Now, you can't just watch those episodes. There's actually a little things in the background of for course. a lot of the other episodes that are building to these next parts of these stories. But, uh, I mean, in fact, I would include Passion, so I would maybe bump up to uh, eight episodes from eight, seven. okay. So, Fair enough. About a third. So about a third, yeah. which, you know, out of that many episodes isn't really that many. You know, you, you're you still vastly outnumbered by the quote-unquote, you know, normal episodes. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a gradual shift. Uh, and obviously you look at TV now and it's, you know, all in for the most part on the, the serialization. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just fascinating watching this and seeing it develop uh, as it goes and this moment yeah. with, with Picard breaking down is powerful on its own right from a performance and from a narrative point of view, but it's also powerful because it's the sort of thing that I've never seen in a Star Trek show before up until this point, uh, you know, uh, yeah. you know, an order. So it had kind of it had kind of a meta power on top of it, which I think is is not something to uh, ignore. So no, that's a fair point. And correct if I'm wrong, because um, I didn't watch Picard. I did, I know a lot of the vague beats, but this episode kind of feels almost more important in hindsight given the opening of, of what that show is um some of the beats here kind of feel like okay they're they're kind of picking up threads you know with the with with the, the stuff with the vineyard well sure i mean yeah but I don't, I don't know if this is the last time we see it in the show i mean i don't know if this is oh, specifically the maybe episode. not but i'm you know like the, the the moment at the end of this where you know he talks about how um you know if he's ever not sure of his future again you know this is where he'll come sure yeah i think uh, things like that line feel like they have more weight now that picard as a show kind of exists yeah i mean i mean that's the thing though i think the later episodes of this very show might give them more weight well, anyway they might well yeah uh so that's an odd way of thinking about it i never really thought about even bringing picard into the conversation because it's just picard was something that was thought of much much later it's so, true this is from the context of i i don't really know you know how much this appears in this show from here on yeah so i'm so i don't really want to bring picard into the conversation because I, I don't think it really matters uh because this show when it, you know when it was aired when it was written uh had no plans for that so no of course i'm just talking about in the same in the same meta capacity that you're you're, you're talking about how you view it in uh you know as this turning point for trek you know and being like the first time you see this it, it's just something that i can't help but feel in the back of my head as i'm watching it as it you know it feels like okay it's the start of that plot maybe, you know, maybe there's more in the journey in between but this does feel like the start of that journey i guess i don't know this is a bit of a stretch for me <laughs> yeah, fair enough it's a bit of a stretch for me because i don't view picard as a natural progression i view picard as what halloween 2018 is to halloween where we want a new thing so we're going to bank on nostalgia and pick up a lot of threads that we know I'll click some buttons for people who care about the thing. Sure. Uh, so I think it's disingenuous to kind of bring that into the conversation and kind of connect it to this in the same way that I'm saying that... Because that, this episode, when I'm talking about this episode accomplishing this this moment, which works on its own terms, but also on a meta level, it's not on a meta level just because we're watching it now. It's on a meta, it was a meta level when it originally aired. It was in, oh, it was in the agree. episode. Yep. It was a big deal for what it was doing at the time. 
anything that ties back into anything in the show i mean it's fun to point out connections and whatever but it's more about the later stuff wanting to call back to moments that were already meaningful in their own right yeah anyway elsewhere in the episode i mean well the vineyard stuff actually ends with uh the final scene of the episode is actually like the kid outside uh, you know the, the brothers like let him dream as he's looking up out of the stars and it's kind of this sort of a uh, little you know idyllic, around on it, it, it's, just... it's the little idyllic shot of the you know it's almost like a painting as he's looking up at the stars it's and like a shooting star or something yeah uh, so the Worf stuff though is kind of fun. Uh, Worf's parents are coming to visit, which he's not happy about because it's not uh, not proper for a Klingon to have the parents visit while they're on active duty. To which you know he's he's offered, hey, well I could just take you off active duty and give you more shore leave time. He's like, no, no, don't want that. So <laughs> I, I can appreciate where it's coming from. You know, the idea of parents visiting the workplace sounds horrific. It does, it does, but it seems to be a normal thing in the Enterprise though, because none, none, you know, it I mean, is, yeah. hell. O'Brien's got a story to share. You know, when his parents were last here, his dad was chasing the nurse around the med bay. Mm. Uh, maybe, maybe the, the kayaking runs in the family. I mean, I don't know. Uh, which, by the way, I can't believe you were cracking jokes about the kayaking when he brought it up. Apparently, this becomes a thing in Deep Space Nine. Apparently, kayaking is what he likes to talk oh. about. Oh, really? Kayaking's a running thing, apparently. It just so <laughs> happens we were making fun of it so much. We're, we're, we're uh, ahead of the game on that one. Yes, uh... But, yeah, so we got, there's a lot of fun stuff. There's a, a nice scene, I think, with the parents and, and Guinan that I really liked, uh, where yep. Guinan's talking about, you know, everyone in this ship eventually comes to 10 forward, and they look out that window, and they're looking at the stars, they're looking for home. And Ken, like, sums up the whole thing with saying, you know, when Worf looks out there, I don't think he's looking for the Klingon Empire. He's looking, you know, for where you two are. He's looking for, that's what he considers home. Despite the fact that he's obviously so proud of his, you know, Klingon heritage. Almost to a fault where he, he's, he's always trying to prove how much of a Klingon he is. Probably because he's so separated from it. Yeah, and they talk about growing up, you know, he, he wouldn't touch human food. It was, no, you cook me Klingon shit. Yeah, but now he's out of the Pringus, apparently. Uh, again, and... he's, he's, uh, he's mellowed in his age. Yes, apparently he can't get enough of it. He loves the Pringus. Uh... I get it. This, this feels really, really relatable in a, in, a, in, a, in a very human way in the idea of, okay, you know, when you're a teenager, you go through this phase of, uh, maybe things are too childish looking, right, you know? And yo, I'm not interested in that anymore. Even though there's no, you know, actual reason for it. Um, and then as you get a bit older, you come back around, you know, view it, you know, a, a bit more in its own right, and go, okay, no, it it had merit, and you kind of just despised it as a teenager because you liked it when you were younger, and you wanted to, you know, prove you weren't that. Uh, and this is kind of like that with 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 warfare, where he's like, no, 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 it's it's all Klingon all the way. And then as he's gotten older, it's like, you know, human stuff has some merit yeah uh no it's just it's kind of amusing there's a lot of little moments with Worf where he's ca- you kind of catch him smiling a little bit uh at his parents being their, his parents my he- uh my favorite moment of all was um when he's just by himself in his room and he's checking his hair in the mirror because i think it's his dad had made a comment that his hair was getting long mm. that was all almost like that where he'll then like sort of sharpen up when he's talking on his communicator you know his voice will change you know go more you know more Worf like uh, but he kind of lowers his guard a little bit around his parents at times. Uh, you know, the stuff was a running gag where his dad wants to see the ship. He's really into starships. He's got all the schematics at home. He's yes, very excited. He, he used to serve on, on one. Yeah. So he runs out of Picard at the end and Picard's back in the ship and Picard says hello and Worf has to kind of rush him out the, you know, into the transporter room because he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's about to ask because Picard says, oh, you got a full tour of the ship, I expect. He's like, well, actually, there's a few areas that have been cut off because of the maintenance. So, I mean, uh, 
and so I, I wouldn't say no to stay a bit longer and see those. <laughs> they're like, nope, away we go. Uh, so no, all very likable, all very. It, it was a nice little human follow-up to Worf's story. It's a, as much as this is a companion, obviously the last couple of episodes for Picard for Worf, it does tie back to his episode last season, and I feel like all this human stuff kind of gives a nice softer touch, like something that's like okay, he had to like take this dishonor of like being essentially ostracized from the Klingon Empire, but this kind of human side gave you this sort of like sort of cushion, whereas like oh wait. His life isn't completely screwed because of this. He does have things to be happy about. He does have a, yeah. a home and a, there's a, a family. There's a great couple of moments in regards to this specifically, where early on uh, he mentions how you know no human understands what it's like for him, you know, and they can't fathom you know what he what he has to go through. Um, but then you have that scene later with his parents, where they actually sit down and be like, "Look, we, we, maybe we don't fully understand it, but that, that's okay. You know, you don't you're not going through it alone." Um, and he he actually responds with a bit of warmth. Yeah, it's uh kind of nice, and again another good little character beat. Uh, there's no data in this episode, and I don't think I think Riker's maybe the one who's talking to Worf at the start. Uh, yes, he is. Yeah, that's the only time you see Riker in the episode, though. He's not there again after that. Uh, George is only in the one scene uh, when Worf's parents again. So yeah, there's a bunch of characters who just aren't in this episode, or if they are, they're there for one scene. Yeah, Wesley uh, has two or three scenes that are. You know, he's got the C plot. You know, he's got yeah, fine at best. I guess. Uh, you know, uh, Beverly finds a an old thing. She had she has like a case out of stories that was unearthed, and there's an old like hologram message for Wesley from his dad, and she's like debating yeah, what to give I it guess, to him. I guess in the future they still do that cheesy shit of recording a video message right after the baby's born. I guess so. Uh, I did like the touch that it was the the red and white uniforms from the movies. Uh, I I actually did like that. Yeah, that was a nice touch. Uh, it's, you know, there's a message at the end. He's like, oh, I love you, son. Uh, maybe you'll be a Starfleet officer yourself someday. Nah, you'll probably be a doctor. How disappointed he would be that he didn't become a doctor, like he suspected. Yeah. But uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about the Wesley subplot. And not just because I don't like Wesley. I just don't think there's that much in it. <laughs> I think it, it's literally two, three scenes. What, what you got? You got you got Beverly getting the thing. And, oh, I don't know if Wes should have it. You know, he's, he's finally come to terms. With everything. Then talking to Wesley and giving it to him, and then the scene of Wesley going and actually watching it. Yeah. It's basically but I feel like, in a vacuum, let's say let's say I, I liked Wesley, right? And I wanted more of <laughs> Wesley's stuff. It, hypothetically, I think this would still be a bit of a disappointing plot in that context, because I would like, in that context, I, I would like to see more of Wesley actually having the decision of, does he want to watch this message? Does he want to just, you know, leave it behind? I Honestly, in an ideal world, he chooses not to watch this message right now, puts it away, and maybe watches it in the future after, you know, after something, you know, a dangerous mission or something or other. And, and he's like, okay, no, I, I actually want to watch this now. I get what the thinking is putting it in this episode where you're doing this introspective stuff for both Worf and Picard, but both of those characters are going through something, either from just before or just a little bit ago, and these subplots for them are giving them some sort of closure or some sort of advancement on those. It's much needed for the characters. Wesley, you know... I can't uh, recall anything to do with his father, really, since, like, season one. Well, it's just always been there. I mean, it's just not something that's super relevant right now. And that yeah. would be okay if there was something that came out of it. Like, maybe there was something specific in the message that sort of inspired a choice that Wesley has to make or or something. But it doesn't really feel like it actually did anything beyond just uh, give him this sort of moment. And it kind of feels like it could have literally been any episode and would just be as equally inconsequential to any episode. 
um i mean maybe i'll eat my words maybe next episode he'll come out and say you know what i've made a choice i'm inspired by my father and i'm going to finally go off to starfleet academy and work towards my yeah, goals yeah, i'm gonna go be a doctor instead <laughs> i'm giving up on all this nonsense and yeah going away to be the wunderkind that the alien did from season one said i could be so oh yeah i forgot about that i remember these things occasionally so, no it's not like it's it's out of my brain as soon as you say it, i'm like oh yeah okay i remember all of the the important details it's just i i had forgotten it was an episode because it was so long ago that i watched it but yeah there you go that's the that's the episode episode two so yeah, I think it's pretty solid. Uh, obviously, it's a more low-key episode, but I think it's actually kind of refreshing to see Star Trek do an episode like this, where it's addressing the characters' drama that they've been building up, perhaps, for a while, or something they've just went through in Picard's case. So, yeah. uh, You can, of course, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments. I, I will tell you what's coming next time, though. Uh, episode 3 is called Brothers, and this is the description. After an accident aboard, the Enterprise leaves one of its children in grave danger. Data uh, commandeers the Enterprise, driven to take the ship to an unknown origin, where an interesting figure awaits. Data commandeers the ship. <laughs> a, a, a bit bold. Data's past episode, perhaps? Uh, possibly. It's a bit bold, but we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Yeah. Uh, interesting there was no data this episode, the next episode's all day. I, I, I wonder if that was very intentional. Maybe there was a lot of extra shooting to do with Brent Spiner on the next episode. Yeah, filming schedules meant, yeah. okay, no, you, you take an extra couple of days off now because... You, you know, we're working you hard over the weekend. Yeah. I don't know if that means that there's, like, dream sequences where there's, like, three datas all talking to each other, so you have to shoot <laughs> multiple scenes multiple I mean, that times. wouldn't be out of the ordinary for a data sequence. No. All right, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. You guys on the Twitters at mail underscore fudge for channel updates. If you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash mailfudgetv, and you can do that for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble. Otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. And remember, when it comes to the ladies, Wesley Crusher is in complete control.